There's something especially comforting about street food. In Jamaica, you might see vendors selling jerk chicken, or in New York, you might see vendors selling kebabs or roasted peanuts. Fancy restaurants are cool and all, but it's nice being able to pull up to a cart on a corner and get a nice treat. And still, there's a whole category of street food that most of us have never gotten to experience, a hyper-local type that you usually can't get unless you're in a certain place, like Barbadian crispy fried pig ears, thinly sliced, tossed in jerk spice, and eaten with a sweet and sour sauce. Or Egyptian-style Brussels sprouts, which are fried and topped with pumpkin seed and pomegranate molasses. These are street foods that aren't easily accessible to most folks. But there's a little restaurant in Seattle that's bringing them all together. A place called New. At New, they don't just put together the greatest hits of foods from different places. They focus on street foods. And with owners that love to travel and get inspiration, their menu spans the globe. Customers are even invited to join in on the menu creation process. So what we wanted to do was that we wanted to bring uh, food that people think about when they think of home, but it's just not available uh, here in Seattle. That's Uyen. She's one of the co-owners of New. She says her restaurant's focus is on authenticity rather than trying to impress guests with fancy presentations or pricey menu options. And frankly, we can get food at a fancy restaurant in pretty much anywhere else nowadays because of globalization. But the street food is where, you know, you actually really get that that insider view of things um, and the local experience. My name is Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we go to Seattle, to New, a restaurant pushing diners to eat beyond borders. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. I read online that you came to the U.S. at age 11. Yes. Can you tell me a bit yeah. about that? Yeah, so I am a refugee from Vietnam. So I left Vietnam when I was 10, and I stayed in a refugee camp in the Philippines mm. for about a year and a half. And then I came to the United States and lived in um, the desert part of California, which is just a little bit of a culture shock because, you know, Vietnam is very tropical. And when I <laughs> opened up the door on my first day in uh, 
Southern California. I was like, wow, tumbleweeds, and where are all the trees? You know? <laughs> it's so dry here. <laughs> I know. I was like, why is paradise so dry? <laughs> yeah. But I was very poor um, growing up, uh, especially in, in my first, um, I would say, 13 years of life in the U.S. And so I didn't really get to travel until um, I was 23. It was a trip throughout Western Europe with her then-boyfriend. And from there, she was hooked. That developed this deep passion for traveling and just seeing the world. And just like, uh, you know, one of my favorite books when I was young was The Atlas, because that's how I, I escaped. Uh, it's sort of like my mental escape and, and to learn about different culture and to be able to see things that I couldn't afford to see. So when, when you were younger and you were interested in all of these cultures, was food a part of that? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I um, I'm not a good cook, <laughs> uh, okay. you know? but I love to eat. I love to eat, and I grew up in a family where food was like what is for the soul. You know, we, my mom was the eldest in her family, and my dad was sort of like the uh, the glue the glue in his side of the family too. But Uyun's path to starting new was unconventional, to say the least. Uh, I used to do biomedical sciences, and then I went to business school also, and I started doing investing in biomedical sciences. And then before long, you know, I, I started doing just investing in general. In 2011, Uyun took a job at Amazon working in product management. But after working there for a couple years in 2013, she decided she wanted a sort of career reset. I, I left Amazon and uh, I, I realized I didn't want to work for a large company. So new was uh, supposed to be like a short-term project, but it ended up being a long-term project. <laughs> Not short, short-term uh, meaning that, you know, I, I always knew I was going to own new, but I thought that I would eventually go back to do something else, you know, once I have it started. But pandemic and everything else and just a lot of life twists and turn before you know it, I've been doing it for a while. Since it opened, Nu has been Uyun's home, and she's bringing people together just like her parents did. But this time, the people are the Seattle public. And when it came to designing the interior of the place, Uyun was very intentional. So the ambiance, you walk in there and you see, like, the wall is decorated with, like, all different tchotchke that we brought from, um, back from around the world. You see, like, wine and stuff on the, on the wall. And you, uh, as you walk in, we have an international playlist that is constantly playing from music from around the world. You know, there's a communal table and everyone is seated right next to each other. And depending on when you go, but especially if you go at night, it just seems like everybody is there for a party, you know? <laughs> The walls at New are covered with art, masks, and seasonings from all over the world. And that same intentionality towards decor even extends to how she came up with the name of the restaurant, which is a reference to a mythological Japanese monster with the body of a tanuki, which is a Japanese raccoon dog, the limbs of a tiger, tail of a snake, and face of a monkey. Pretty much kind of like this badass beast. I think. <laughs> so <laughs> we wanted to... Uh, capture that spirit because we we like the idea of having different culture and different food uh, under one uh, house. How would you describe the menu for someone off the street that has no idea? Yeah, so it's essentially a list of uh, food that we love to eat when we travel around the world. And it just happened that when I travel, you know, I love to go and 
explore the, the street food or the, the various stall where the locals would eat. And so that's why you see a lot of street food on our menu. We wanted to do something that really introduced people to food that are very common in the country of origin, but not so common in uh, Seattle. So, you know, like, for example, the South African bunny chow, that is a very common street food in South Africa. The South African bunny chow is a chicken, tomato, and garam masala curry served in a bread bowl. Very easy to eat on the go. And in uh, Durban area specifically, it's all over the place. And it's as common as like saying taco or a burrito when it comes to, you know, um, street food in the U.S. But uh, at least in the West Coast, most people have never heard of it. There's also the Dutch patat oolong, which are a basket of fries fully loaded with mayo, peanut sauce, and other toppings. Over its decade in existence, more than 55 countries have been represented on news menu. So what made you decide to start a restaurant like this? Whereas, like, you know, I think of my favorite restaurants, right? Like, I got my favorite, like, Moroccan place. I got my favorite Italian place. You know, like, when you decided you were going to start a restaurant, what made you think first, like, I want everything here? You know what I mean? Or anything, everything is welcome here. I am very keen on introducing people to different culture and different food from around the world. And I like to challenge people thinking about and assumptions about different country, you know? Mm. And so for me, it's like, well, why isn't the South African bunny chow available here when it's all over uh, South Africa yeah. or well, or whatever, you, you name the specific dish from that country of origin. However, that doesn't mean that we want to start a South African restaurant or, you know, a Romanian restaurant or whatever. And so essentially what we did was that we uh, curated a bunch of uh, dishes that we thought were really popular and we liked and so on. And over time, uh, our customers started adding to that and they, they gave us feedback on what we should make. And then we bring them, you know, to try it out once we actually perfect the dish. And so some oh. of these dishes that we have, we actually have not even traveled to the country, but our customer would be the one that's like, no, you have to do this dish for my country, you know? And so we just oh, do wow. it. <laughs> so, yeah. so customers can can suggest a street food from their location, wherever they're from in the world. You guys will try it. Try making it yourselves. Invite that person back to try the food to make sure it's like authentic or like a taste. Oh, authentic. yes. Yes, yes. We have had uh, several of that um, situation. And some of these folks become our really good friends over time, too. Wow. So, you know, it's a, it's a great way for us to engage the community. And again, our passion is really to understand other people's culture, other food. And I'm, I personally am very fascinated by migration patterns and yeah. how immigrants bring food from different countries or, you know, or sometimes when you just even in, eat a dish, a lot of people don't ask, like, how did it this even come about, right? Like, for yeah. example, South African bunny chow is actually come uh, uh, was brought there by um, uh, Indians, East Indians, when they came over to work on the railroad, or just uh, just essentially, you know, the different type of of um, uh, reason why immigrants are brought into a different country, and yeah. so a lot of it was more like blue collar type of work. And so, you know, instead of being able to eat it on a naan or roti, it becomes easier to just put it in a bread bowl and actually, you know, carry it around and eat it that way. So for me, like that backstory of just the food itself is also a very fascinating uh, thing. And I wanted our customer to understand that, you know, because mm. I mean, like, 
you, if you love uh, food, you gotta love the immigrants that come with it. You know? <laughs> Uyen's travel experiences have inspired a lot of what's on the menu, but there are some places she's visited that haven't made the cut. For example, Italy. We haven't really found a dish from Italy that we think that hasn't been really represented in the U.S. Because mm. Italian cuisine is so, you know, pervasive here yeah. that uh, one, we're not interested in competing with our our peers. You know, that's not what we're here for. And what we want to do is really introduce something that is harder for for our customer to find. And so, with Italian cuisine, it just it is pretty much all over the place, especially in Seattle. There's a way where food can kind of bring you places, right? Like, what is it about food from different places that you think people love so much? You know, I think at the end of the day, we just like good things, mm. you know? And food is just one of them. And, and that's what we try to tell people is that sometimes you have to break down this barrier in your mind, an assumption that you have about food, you know, and about different country and a, a, about different prejudices that you have. Uyen sees an example of the bias folks can bring to foods and how she notices some react to Syrian dishes. So many people are like, oh, wow, this is very much, you know, it's very similar to, let's say, Italian food because they're part of the Mediterranean and so on. Or this flavor is so familiar. And I was like, of course it is, you know? I mean, their cuisine gets spread out to a lot of other different culture. But because of what was going on with the Syrian war and things that we see on TV, we start having all these built-up assumptions about different countries. But when we strip all that away, you know, what we see is that we just like good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and whether it's from Thailand or Syria, like if it matches your flavor and it matches what you like, you, you like to eat, then, you know, you could just love it. And it doesn't have to be this thing where it's like some sort of artificial barrier that we put up. As Uyen and the folks at New tried to stay true to the places they were representing on their menu, they found that street food offered a special way of making that connection for the customers and for them. So many people, after they start writing up about us, they're like, oh yeah, there's a street food place. And we lean towards street food because we feel like that's where we really understand the locals. We understand a different culture, you know? And frankly, we can get food at a fancy restaurant um, in pretty much anywhere else nowadays because of globalization. But the street food is where, you know, you actually really get that, that insider view of things um, and the local experience. And that, that is a very important point for us because we are very down-to-earth type of people and we're very grounded in the community. And, you know, the community encompasses people, right? Encompasses a lot of stories and all that. And so we don't want things to be unreachable. New is open every day. The hours vary slightly throughout the week, so check their hours before you go. And tell Uyen I said what's up. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. Our production team includes Dylan Theris, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. 
There's a link in our episode description. And my name is Baudelaire. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more 